Rumor has it there is a secret base hidden underneath the Archelaus. So have you ever been in a spaceship? Don't try this at home. Secrets of Area 51 Reveal. I'm from Serious A, not Serious B. Who are Tia? Ha! Mama! It's time to open your eyes, open your mind, and shift your paradigm. You're tuned in to another episode of All Night with the Living Geeks, a podcast in which we investigate and discuss high strangeness and the weird world in which we live. We want to remind you that we're not and probably will never, ever, ever be experts in the topics we discuss. We may miss bits of research or misspeak at times, but we will always also encourage you to do your own resources. Yes, go to resources, research vet your sources, and come to your own conclusions. I am your easily misspoken host, Taylor, and across the virtual desk for me tonight is my brother, Seb. Seb, how you doing? I'm doing very well. How are you tonight? I'm um, hopefully working on speaking better, but I'm, I'm well as well. Um, and joining us again this time, making it a hat trick three in a row, is my good friend and podcastic co-host, John. Throw your hats on the ice. I'm back. There we go. There we go. Disco sirens and yes. fog machines. And I don't know. I've never been to a hockey game. Really? I've never been to a hockey game. No. Well, that's, that's a story for a different time, I guess. I suppose so. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I know. Gentlemen, how are you both this evening? Pretty good. I got my first ever smartphone. I've upgraded from a 2007 uh, Verizon Motorola, Motor, Motorola flip phone to a iPhone 11 directly. It's sort of like going from a Model T Ford to a Lamborghini, I guess. So uh, it's pretty close. Bit of a learning curve. Uh, So yeah, I was just gonna say, how's that? uh, How's that working out for you? Well, it's hard to find the buttons. Let me put it that way. Yep. Um, <laughs> don't try to fold it closed. Whatever you do, don't don't uh, try to fold it closed. I mean, speaking of that, there is a. I think it's a Verizon phone. It might be a Motorola phone. I am not sure. That does actually fold. It is a smartphone. Holy I God. want to say that's a Samsung. It's a Samsung. You're right. Um, <clears throat> and there is an app on it, or it might just come with the phone, where you can make it look like. The old uh, <laughs> Motorola Razor. No, no, shut up. I'll no, see if really. I can find the video for you guys. It's very trippy. That's funny. Yeah. That's disturbing. That's very funny. Oh. Now, Seb, is, is this is this a work phone, or are you able to? It's yeah. Picture? It's 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 the it's the property of the people of the state of California. Unfortunately. Oh, cool. So I can play with it next time I see you. Yeah, I guess it's all of our phones, really. When you think about it. Wow. Uh, true. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, no, I mean, it's, it's, uh, you know, every day I learn a little bit more, you know, uh, so it's a, it's a process, but um, yeah. you know, I think I'm the last person I know to get a smartphone other than maybe our mom. Maybe. Yeah. Mom definitely yeah. still has a flip phone. That is yeah. true. Woo. That is true. John, how are the puppies? Well, I have Camilla in my lap right now. It has been exactly one month since we've had her and uh, she's grown a decent amount. That's right. Yeah. Last time we recorded was the first the first day. And there have been yeah. many days in between and lots of not <laughs> not sleep, but she's she's learning. She's she's doing pretty good. Her and Henson are getting along pretty well now. So excellent. It's going Excellent. Well. Yeah. How about and I, you? And I, I wanna I wanna 
I'm doing all right. Things have uh, uh, been busy with work. I found out this past month that um, our other tech writer in San Jose is uh, retiring at the end of the, at the end of the month. Uh, <clears throat> so I will be I will be flying solo for a little while, um, handling multiple business groups worth of data sheets. But um, there there is a wreck open to replace her and so i know it won't be forever and i can kind of i can handle that (laughs) but i also did i also did i've got my first dose of the vaccine hooray hooray indeed i john you're monday monday right yeah monday yeah pretty excited i just got my text telling me uh wear a mask i mean duh but i get get it uh so yeah, yeah i'll have the first one on monday and then the next one probably around the time we would record next uh, at the end That's of right. April and yeah. then I'll be good come mid May. Yeah, I will I get my second dose I think uh, middle of April. Nice. Cool. And uh, yeah, there you go and Seb you've got both of yours already, don't you? I got my second shot like 2 or 3 weeks ago. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's and great. Yeah, but the, the second one just knocked me out. Oh my god. That's what I've heard. Whoa. I've heard the second one is. I'm is, excited. Uh, no, I don't know. <laughs> no, you should be. Like yeah. it was a really good feeling. Like mm-hmm. walking out of that Walgreens that I went to, being like, "Yeah, dude, yeah, I got, one. I got my." It was yes. Yep. It was awesome. It was awesome. Yep. Um, but yeah, things are going well, and um, maybe we need to take a look at what is new in our weirdness. Either you guys have anything uh, weird that's happened this past month? I, I go oh, ahead. Sorry, I cannot think oh. of anything. I had something weird happen. I wouldn't call it paranormal, but there is a, um, during the course of the pandemic, I find myself falling into different television viewing habits. And there is a streaming service now that shows hundreds and hundreds of hours of HD episodes of The Price is Right circa 1982. Wow. And there was a showcase showdown with a contestant who had a name. Her first name was a nickname that, Hey, you and I gave to our great grandmother, yeah, um, and it was uh, it was Ala A L A, and I had never heard that name referred used to refer to any other human beings other than our great grandmother. Hmm. And I saw this and I freaked out and I called our mom like on the phone right then and there, and I was just like, "This is so weird because it's like I don't even think it is a name, you know? I don't even know like it's just a weird thing. I don't know. It was kind of a trip. Hmm. Um, Interesting." But, Nothing really paranormal, I guess. Um, <clears throat> although, you know, seeing people get super excited about like like pacers and gremlins in HD is pretty sweet. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, it's pretty yeah. nice. Great, uh, that's awesome. Yeah, how about you guys? I mean, so John, you were saying that much. I can't think of anything, Taylor. I usually come to okay. you with my the weirdness, and I can't think yeah. of anything in particular that was super weird i think we might have had a podcast to go on again but we, yeah we tend to yeah I like i know i noticed that we did a patrick Troughton story and two days ago was or it? yesterday i'm sorry was his would have been his uh-huh. 101st birthday yeah <clears throat> i'm trying to like rack my brain to see if i can think of anything i mean i know lauren just started a rewatch of the blacklist with our friend anna Right. And they yeah. finished season one around the time I finished season one four years ago. That's a little okay. weird, but yeah. Uh, nothing, yeah, nothing as crazy as the pizza thing last, last month. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, the pizza, pizza thing. thing. Definitely. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah nothing, to, Definitely. nothing that crazy. 
Well, for me, literally the day after we last recorded um, the Saucer Life podcast, which is a great podcast, highly recommend him. Um, real cool dude. He's also into Doctor Who, but on his uh, Instagram, posted a picture of a really old VW bus by the Golden Gate Bridge. And this VW bus, it had to have been um, probably a 1958 model. Um, I guess i know them well enough to kind of like look at an old picture and go well it's got these parts and these parts it's probably this particular year Mm -hmm. well on the side of this bus was the uh logo and phone number for the amalgamated flying saucers club (laughs) sorry flying saucer club of america (laughs) and i'm like what i'm like losing my mind because it's obviously hitting two of my biggest interests Mm -hmm. here is this old bus with logos, but for a flying saucer club. Was that Gabriel Green? His, was yes. that Gabriel Green's organization? Oh, I love that yes. guy. That was Gabe Green's organization. Um, and uh, he was uh, quite an interesting character. Um, I actually went and purchased a book that is a collection of a number of the, I think it was quarterly, maybe it was bi-monthly, uh, newsletters that oh, okay. his group put out. And this is, I mean, this is... 1950s early 60s saucer lore at its finest uh you know lots of telepathic conversations with venusians and stuff like that Mm. i think he ran for president a couple times he Um, did i remember at work one day i looked up in some resources like how many votes he got every once in a while on ebay some of his campaign posters come up for sale and i've always wanted to grab one yeah they're pretty funny well it also turned out that that little blurb in that newsletter that had the picture is that they had driven up from Southern California for the Northern California flying saucer convention. Uh, No, I'm sorry. Spacecraft convention, the Northern California spacecraft convention that was being held at the Alameda County fairgrounds, just over here in Pleasanton. (laughs) And I lost my mind. I absolutely lost my mind and I'm like, no way. So for a handful of years in the late fifties and the very, very early sixties, the County fairgrounds that is like probably not even a 10 mile drive from my house hosted a flying saucer convention. Awesome. That's crazy. That is so cool. Now I, I dropped an email to the fairgrounds as like media contact saying, Hey, look, I recently learned about this. Like, do you have any sort of archive? Do you have any sort of information or pictures from these? And I never heard anything, unfortunately. Oh. Um, but maybe when um, the pandemic's cleared up a little bit, I might make a trip over there and be like, hey, I want to talk to somebody face to face. Find out more because this is this is really neat. I had no idea that one was ever held up here. <clears throat> I've also realized that I, I've, I've kind of got, there's been like this low level, like synchronicity tremor that's just kind of been rolling for a couple of weeks. Oh. Nothing big, nothing life changing, nothing crazy. But like, I'll give you the example. Um, I have got a little vent wing in the bus that if I do open it, it takes a lot of effort to get closed. Like there's been rust and stuff. And so I kind of have to be really careful because otherwise I'm, probably going to break the glass um and so i decided to go okay let me let me see if i can maybe i can lift the rubber seal and get a shop vac in there vacuum out some of the rust and stuff and maybe it'll be easier to 
open and close. And in the process of trying to figure out what exactly is going wrong with this, um, I kind of just asked the greater uh, uh, knowledge base, you know, hey, what would cause something like this? And one of my friends chimes in real quickly. He he deals in bus parts all the time. And he's like, oh, I bet you anything, this little clamp that, you know, gives it tension has probably rusted to the shaft that it pivots on. And so the whole thing is moving now. And um, sure enough, that was it. And I'm like, well, I guess, you know, in my mind, I'm going, you know, I'm going to probably have to replace this at some point if I ever want to use this window. And I kid you not, the very next day, I'm on a VW Parts classified website, just scrolling through. And there is a perfect ready to go frame, uh, you know, with the pivot intact and a separate ad from somebody else in a completely separate state for just the clamp. Huh. I'm like, okay, wait a second. I go to no. the site every single day and I am scrolling through these parts every single day and now they pop up. Mm. Like, Crazy. And I, I, I'm, I, there are some ads that I, you know, get renewed frequently. So I'm used to seeing them. So I feel like I would have seen these before, mm. you know, but here are these. Um, yeah, that was weird. And, and, and yesterday as I was working on um, notes for tonight's show and listening to podcasts, um, not only was yesterday Patrick Troughton's birthday, as we were talking about it, it was mm-hmm. also John Keel's birthday. Oh, John Keel of Mothman Prophecies fame. Mm. Um, he would have been uh, 91, 10 years younger than Patrick Troughton. Oh, wow. Um, well, I'm adding stuff to the show notes, and I was like, oh, yeah, you know what? Ron Moorhead, because we're talking about the Sierra sounds tonight. Um, Ron Moorhead was in one of the Missing 411 movies. Um, so if you haven't heard of Missing 411, there's a guy named David Polites, um, and he is, has made a habit of studying these very mysterious, seemingly random disappearances um, in the wilderness and in state parks or national parks. Mm-hmm. And so he interviews Ron Moorhead at one point, and we'll talk about it later. I'm not going to give it away now, but there is a very John Keel connection to something he hears uh, out there in the wilderness. Mm. And then I'm pulling together sound clips and Seb made a section, uh, suggestion and I go and I listen to it and, you know, I'm, I'm pulling it up on YouTube. So I don't, I don't go right to the exact second. I hit it a couple seconds before and I let it play and damned if it's not talking about the same kind of thing. And both of those connect back to Hellier as well, because John Keel factors greatly into Hellier. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, okay, universe, you're clearly telling me something. Right. It's knocking on the door. It is totally knocking on the door. Whether it is a window area, whether it is a door closing, I have no idea. But we will get into that in just a second here. All right. Nearly 50 years ago. At a hunting cabin deep in the Sierra Nevada mountains, Ron Moorhead and Al Berry recorded some of the most unusual and compelling vocalizations. Mere years after the Patterson-Gimlin film shocked the Bigfoot community, the Sierra sounds, as they're known, brought a whole new dimension to the legend of Sasquatch, the possibility of language. While few would argue that Moorhead and Barry definitely recorded something in the forests of the Sierra Nevadas in the early 1970s, many have debated what actually created the sounds. Without corroborating evidence, scientists are quick to claim they recorded bears or mountain lions. And look, I'll readily admit that I chased down some bear and wild boar and mountain lion recordings after listening to the Sierra sounds. And we'll get into that in a bit. 
Cryptozoologists and even some linguists point to these recordings as evidence that multiple Bigfoots were communicating with each other, as well as Moorhead and Barry, outside a hunting cabin eight miles from civilization. So guys, I, let's let's start with right now, right mm-hmm. here, um, or right here, right now, if you're a Fatboy Slim fan. Ah. What do we think Bigfoot is? Is is it an undiscovered primate? Is it a forest poltergeist? Is Bigfoot connected to UFOs or some sort of tree spirit, fairy manifestation? Seb, you want to take it first? Well, you know, in my opinion, I do believe that um, Bigfoot is a real creature. Uh, I don't think it's something that's a hoax or anything like that. Um, I do believe that it almost certainly is some sort of relation to an extinct or supposedly extinct species of giant ape that existed, I think about a million years ago in China called Gigantopithecus blackie. Um, blackie? Yeah. Huh. Okay. Um, it's, it's, uh, there are kind of like artist renditions of what they think it would have looked like. And it looks exactly like what people describe a Bigfoot to be in my okay. opinion. Um, I, I think that Bigfoot is a, a natural phenomenon. I don't think that really Bigfoot is, I think Bigfoot is, if they ever found like a dead Bigfoot, I think it would be very exciting. It would be huge news. I don't think it's really anything necessarily um, paranormal. I don't think the existence of Bigfoot in, then, in any way necessarily challenges the common sense view of reality. Um, I think that, uh, you know, all those people that poo-poo the fact that, oh, well, you know, Bigfoot, hey, you know, we haven't found any bones or anything yet. I mean, this uh, extinct species from China uh, is only known from fossilized teeth and i think one jawbone like that's all they've ever found yeah i'm actually like i'm looking at pictures right now and i i see what you mean there is definitely bigfoot-esque qualities yeah um and so i think that's what i think bigfoot really is um of course as we go and talk a little bit more tonight i think there's going to be more of the um mysterious paranormal kind of qualities that that emerge um i'm really excited about tonight's topic because I mean, Bigfoot is basically like, you know, on the Mount Everest of, you know, un- unusual phenomenon, essentially. Is and, that a Yeti reference? <laughs> right. And so many people like get, you know, when we think of Bigfoot, we think of plaster casts of giant footprints. We think of photographs and films, but rarely do we stop and think about the very few audio recordings, allegedly of Bigfoot noises or sounds or speech and of course, mm-hmm. the Sierra sounds that we'll be talking about tonight is probably the, the most famous or most impressive example of that, I guess. Um, John, what do you think about Bigfoot? Do you believe? Do you not believe? What do you think it is? Um, yeah, I believe for sure. I think there's um, I think it might have something to do with um, and another Hellier reference. I feel like it's the mammoth caves, right? In Kentucky? Just in general, the, the massive cave system that kind oh, of covers, yes. covers uh, most of that state. And I think it it comes out, doesn't it? It comes out. Uh, isn't it all over the United States? It no, not necessarily. Not necessarily connected. I mean, there are caves, right? You know, there are caves in California. I've been in some of them. There are caves in Arizona, but do they necessarily connect with the ones in, say, Kentucky? No, we'll never. We we don't know. I guess. But what I'm getting well, at is fair point. I I assume know. that maybe that is where most of this species dwells okay. um and i mean yeah they're very elusive so that's why you know we they they're probably they probably run in i would say groups we don't know that for sure but i think 
but then there's the other part where I feel like maybe it's it's kind of like a skinwalker thing where they kind of they might be like shapeshifters mm-hmm. or they could it could almost be like maybe they are just kind of vibrating it from another dimension for a couple of minutes and it just happens to be some you know somebody see something and then it's gone immediately something like that i'm not sure but i do believe that bigfoot is a legit thing um what that is i do not know are they connected to ufos (laughs) i don't think so i think it's more it's different than that all right i'd have to say that my not necessarily the theory that i believe is most accurate or correct but the theory that i think is the most fun and exciting was actually proposed in a book co-authored by Alan Barry, who's one of the two gentlemen responsible for the Sierra sounds we'll be talking about tonight. He co-authored a book with B. Ann Slate in 1976 about Bigfoot. And in that book, he goes on to talk about cases where Bigfoot has communicated telepathically with humans, Bigfoot disappeared into thin air or has been in the presence of UFOs. And he goes on to speculate that Bigfoot is perhaps a native American that has developed the ability to shapeshift mm. that it might live in caves laced with advanced technology and that Bigfoot might be used by extraterrestrials as a research animal. Uh, this final theme was strikingly similar to the storyline of a 1976 episode of the popular television show, the $6 billion man in which heroes oh, Boston yes. battles Bigfoot only to discover that the creature is an Android bodyguard created by alien beings. So that Amazing. definitely that's like the theory that I hope the most is the true theory because it's just so good. Like a re- kind of like a research drone. Yeah, yeah. totally. <laughs> there you go. I think we've solved it, folks. Join us next month when. Uh, no, <laughs> I mean that would make sense too. I feel like we. I mean, I know up in uh, it's not Oregon. Is it Washington State where they have the um, the lake where the cabin is? Are we talking about uh, East City Ranch? Yeah, that's yes, and that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, of. yeah, Trout Lake, Washington. Yeah, and I know like things have been thrown and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but besides that, I don't really know of them doing anything other than you know making these sounds and and walking around. So maybe they are just kind of just uh, getting the lay of the land and seeing what's going on here. Yeah, that uh, that's tough to say because I I mean obviously I definitely think bigfoot is real and i and i think a few years ago had you asked me i would have been like well he's an undiscovered primate you know there's just not a lot of them and that's why you know they're they're elusive i mean yeah Yeah. go go open up google maps and just look at the space between say yosemite national park and lake tahoe you know there's a lot of really dense forest just there like yeah. that's not talk, taking into account the rest of California or Oregon or Washington. Um, you know, every every state in the union, save for Hawaii, has had at least a Bigfoot sighting. That'd be weird if Hawaii had one. Well, I I would almost say that that Hawaii's own version of it is like at the other end of the scale. I would almost go and argue that the Menehune, right, the little people. Um, might kind of be Hawaii's manifestation of this because yeah, my my whole take on Bigfoot has changed a lot. And I'm not saying it's not a physical creature. I definitely think it is. Um, you know, I, I have a Bigfoot cast, a Bigfoot footprint cast um, up on my shelf. Uh, thanks to thanks to friend of the show Olaf Phillips. Um, you know, I've definitely 
Um, you know, I, personally, unfortunately, you know, I've never heard anything out in the wild. I've never seen one myself. I know um, I've certainly heard the stories from Olaf, and I've, I take his um, view of reality pretty seriously. I don't think he's, you know, like off kilter or anything when he says that he's seen them. Um, but I am starting to become more and more in the camp of either either they're able to, as, as we're getting our own weird sounds in here as the cats run through the room, <laughs> um, <clears throat> um, either, you know, do something uh, vibration-wise and are able to either phase invisible or, you know, phase, you know, somewhere else on the super spectrum to run with the keel theme. Um, I feel like, like I've been watching expedition Bigfoot, like their latest season just wrapped. And there's a lot of discussion about, um, how Bigfoot can cloak himself or itself. I should say there's plenty oh. of, females. um, and now I get it. It's a TV show. Every TV show is going to have an angle they're trying to sell. Um, you know, especially if they're on a network, there's going to be producers and editors involved um, that all kind of have their own like, well, we need to present it this way. We need to make this seem more exciting. Right. You know, every commercial break is going to be like, oh, my God, what's this commercial? Um, which drives me absolutely up the wall. But um shows like that are starting to kind of like bring this idea of, and I'm going to use like the name of Ron Moorhead's latest book, the quantum Bigfoot um, a little bit more to the forefront as that it's, it may not just be an undiscovered primate. It may be, but it may not necessarily be, uh, you know, from here originally um, in the sense of the reality that you and I exist in. Mm -hmm. It may still exist in our reality, just shifted you know, into a vibration or a part of the spectrum that our eyes and our ears can't perceive. Um, but at the same time, I've, I've had people, you know, make a very good case for, well, it's the North American version of the Fae. It's, it's a manifestation of a nature spirit. It's, mm. it's a, it's literally a, not a poltergeist. What's a wilderness? Uh, will, I think it's a wilderness geist. I think is how it's pronounced. Huh. Um, because, they're picking up rocks. They're throwing rocks. You know, what does a poltergeist do? It picks up stuff and throws stuff. Um, so I, I've heard some very unusual uh, uh, theories and ideas put forth that have made me go, okay, I, given everything else I'm studying and trying to learn about and trying to kind of like go, oh, well, yeah, you know, you know, here's, here's this. How does, you know, if UFO people talk to Bigfoot people more, right, what similarities are they going to find? Yeah. What are ghost hunters going to find in uh, relation to Bigfoot hunters? Um, and that's not to say that there aren't hoaxes out there. Unfortunately, there totally are. Um, but looking at stuff like this, uh, it really makes me wonder. And listening to the, the I remember the first time I heard the Sierra sounds. And it, it gave me chills because I'm like, what is this? this i even played a little bit and and my son was in the room uh doing some schoolwork, and he's like dad what is that and so i gave him the <laughs> basic idea behind it and he's like oh i want to hear more so he comes over and without me even prompting anything he goes oh dad that's language <laughs> right no idea what they're saying obviously <laughs> yeah that's language um I, I tell you what john john why don't you play the first uh soundboard clip let's listen to a little bit of this 
Now that at first, you know, we we we've, we've got these these whoops that almost sound very very primate. Yeah. Right. Um, and and obviously, folks, when if you've never heard the Sierra sounds, you're going to hear a little bit of Moorhead and Barry talking because they're literally out there with a reel to reel tape recorder and a microphone. <laughs> Yeah, and this was this was recorded about maybe fifty years ago or so in, in here in California. Years ago. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah. So they 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 were up at a hunting cabin about uh, eight miles. They had to they had to hike eight miles in, um, and and the the site is not known to the general public, um, and the other hunters that would stay up there, they're like, you know, we're getting these weird experiences and we're, we're hearing stuff in the night. And, um, Alberry, I think worked for a paper in Sacramento, if I'm not mistaken. And so he comes up with a recorder and what strikes me pretty amazing. And we'll hear a little bit about this in some of the other soundboard clips is that, um, they actually, I mean, they, they talk back and they call back to these Bigfoots and they're surprisingly calm. Mm. Like they're almost yeah. encouraging them out you know, and I'm like, I don't know that I could be like that. No, I, if I was was eight miles from civilization and there were clearly like wood knocks and rocks being thrown and these big vocalizations, I honestly, I would wet myself. I make no, I make no bones. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I mean, very interesting stuff throughout, uh, the Sierra sounds. Um, we'll hear some more a little later. I did want to double back to something you said, Taylor, just because yeah, I thought please. it was it was pretty interesting. I had never heard it before, that big the Bigfoot uh cloaking device. Yes. I think that's super interesting because I mean, hey, if if octopuses can do it, right? Why can't why can't why can't Bigfoot? And that I, makes a lot of sense it, to me. Let's be honest. Bigfoot can do anything it puts its mind to. Very, very <laughs> true. I believe in Bigfoot. I will also you know, think he believes in me. Yeah. I will also say I played these sounds uh, for my dogs to see if they would react to it at all. <laughs> oh, good thinking. How did that go? Uh, they they could have. They didn't care. Oh. <laughs> I was I was like, this is it. Well, we're going to see them react to these Bigfoot sounds and nothing. I was very disappointed. I didn't even think to play it for our kittens, but I think being kittens, they would have been like, whatever. Yeah. already. Ultimately, at the end of the day, I think there's a there's essentially four different possibilities here. One is that these sounds authentically recorded, whatever the Bigfoot phenomena is, right? Mm-hmm. A creature, yeah. paranormal, natural, whatever. The the, the second option is they rec- they're recording some other natural animal that they're misunderstanding what it is. Maybe it's a bear or something like that. You know what I mean? The third option is that you know they're believing they're hearing something mysterious, but there's humans out in the woods that are fooling them and to, without them knowing it. And I think the fourth option is that, that, that Alberry and Ron Moorhead are just totally faking everything and yeah. just making it up. I mean, I ultimately, I think those are the four, it boils down to one of those four possibilities. In my, in my opinion, I don't know. All right. So I mean, I'll tell you what I've done in, in, in preparing for this show. Yeah. Um, I, 
after listening to the Sierra sounds, um, I chased down, I'm like, okay, what does, uh, like, what's a black bear sound like? Mm-hmm. Okay. And there are bits of what I listened to that sound close, but going back and then listening to the vocalizations in the Sierra sounds, it's like there's more layers rather than, rather than just a grunt or a growl. There's, there's more variation um, in, in what you're hearing in the Sierra sounds. Um, Like I, I was like, okay, what if, what if some of these uh, more snarly kind of screeches, maybe that's a mountain lion. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, so I go and I listen to a mountain lion and it's like, well, it doesn't sound close enough for me to be like, yeah, it's probably a mountain lion in there. You know, and I'm like, okay, what else, what else is going to be up there? What else is going to be in that part of the Sierras? And I'm like, wild boar, maybe I'm like, okay, what does a wild boar sound like? And again, it's like, it sounds similar, but the Sierra sounds to my ears, um, and, and again, like I say in the beginning of the show, we're no experts. But to my ears, the Sierra sounds are more complex. They're richer and more dynamic than a pissed-off boar in the wilderness. I, I definitely found the sounds, and we're going to hear more clips as we go through the, the, the episode tonight. I found the sounds incredibly compelling, um, but almost equally compelling. I was, I was fascinated with how Moorhead and Barry over the past 50 years, I think Barry's passed away now. He has, um, yeah. Have packaged these recordings in various different television shows, CDs, um, podcasts over yeah. the decades to kind of keep it in the, the public eye, so to speak. And I thought that was really fascinating. I mean, I mean, I in, think. In the sense of their, or I mean, I mean, it, Moorhead just at this point, because Barry's passed on. Right. Is it, do, do you think that they're doing it to keep attention on the phenomena well, and, and the research or like, I'm out I mean, just to make a buck. Yeah. That's the thing. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I think, I think it, the answer to that question kind of depends on if you think it's legit or not legit. But I mean, I think what is interesting for me, I mean, these sounds were included on a, an old episode of in search of from, I guess the late seventies or early eighties. I always think that's interesting because that kind of, you can prove that those sounds existed on a, on a recording back then, you know, like if somebody came on a podcast today and said, I have this old tape that was recorded 50 years ago of Bigfoot noises. Part of me would be like, well, is that really, is that tape really 50 years old? Or did you just make, cook it up like a week ago? You know, like this is something that actually, you know, you can, you can go on YouTube, find this episode of in search of and be like, okay, these sounds existed back then, back before maybe more, advanced computer technology existed if you wanted to manipulate things or for instance that kind of thing you know yeah, yeah. No, i totally get what you're saying there there's kind of this um um provenance yeah of historical record right. of the of this having existed yep yeah exactly uh, you know in a in a pre um computer manipulated mm-hmm. era i exactly. mean somebody could probably yeah sit down with Audis- audacity or garage band or uh you know whatever adobe premiere and try to replicate something. You know, somebody right. worked in Hollywood doing Foley work for monsters mm-hmm. or dinosaurs or something mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. could probably yeah. come up with something like this. But yeah, when you've got real to like not even cassette tape, like this is legit yeah. real to real. This is not a small 
you know, bit of kit to carry around mm -hmm. uh, to capture these recordings. Um, you know what? Let's let's listen to the second soundboard clip. What is that? Is that like them hitting a hitting a, something against a tree? Yeah, the, these are like if if you ever watched like Finding Bigfoot um, and and you know Bobo and Cliff and all of them, and they're they're doing calls and they're doing tree knocks. You know, they'll get grab a big branch or a big stick and they will smack it against the trunk of a tree. And they do that because of this. Uh, yeah, oh. I think this this might be the very first uh, evidence that uh, these creatures will do tree knocks. Mm -hmm. um, now, obviously in this last clip, you could hear, um, I'm not sure if it's Moorhead or it's Barry, basically kind of repeating back, parroting back yeah. what he hears these creatures saying. Um, and and they kind of respond to it. Yeah. You know, it's, it's you know, I mean, he might have just been saying like, you know, honey, grab the milk. And then, you know, somebody off in the distance goes, honey, grab the milk, yeah. you know, and then the Bigfoot's yeah. going, what the flip? Where is that coming from? Yeah. <laughs> you know, we, we don't know. But, but this is this is one of those first clips where you're you kind of hear this like, yeah. and you're like, OK, the mind, you know, the mind wants to form that into words, into syntax. Um, and and it, it's almost natural to kind of go into the state of pareidolia where you're trying to figure out like, okay, what is it saying? But the, the mind, mine at least, for what it's worth, uh, goes, okay, that, that sounds like language. That sounds like yeah. not a, a, a mountain lion screech, not a bear growl, you know, not a pissed off wild boar. Um, and and not, not even... Um, a monkey necessarily like that doesn't yeah. seem quite as ape-like it it yeah. sounds more human-esque i'm just gonna say human-esque just to right you know um so yeah this is that first kind of spot in listening to these where i'm like okay this is this isn't just you know one pre-known thing this is something different so yeah. what you're saying is they probably they probably got an audio recording of Ega, is what it kind of sounds like <laughs> from from the old uh, MST3K film, <laughs> yes, right? Yes, yes. It, like I'm listening to it and I go, "Oh, that kind of sounds like whatever they pieced together." Of course, now I'm gonna you know put the spotlight on you and be like, "Okay, what year did Ega come out?" Oh, I have no idea. I'm gonna say it was probably. <laughs> I'll just I'll guess and I'll say seventy uh, one. 71. Okay, let's... Oh, actually, 1962. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. I just did it real quick. I just I figured, okay, let's let's figure this out. It actually came out in 1962, so it could have existed at the time. One star. That, uh, <laughs> no goblins. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, it, it's it's trying to wrap my right... And, and, okay, wood knocks. Wood knocks. Yeah. What if, 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 if we accept this is 
legitimately a creature um, grabbing a stick, smacking it against a tree trunk. You know, I don't think a bear could pull that off. I don't think a mountain lion could pull that off. I don't think a wild boar could pull that off. No, and it it also it sounds like Knox. It doesn't sound like you know any of those animals was like, oh, I'm gonna pick up the stick and hit it against multiple trees or something like that. Right. It sounds like it was done almost as confirm trying to confirm that whatever was mimicking back was you know friendly. Yeah, possibly. It's very interesting. It, it it really is, and um, you know, Seb, I know you were saying um that this was featured on in search of. And I, if I'm not mistaken, I think that kind of dates the recordings to around October of 72. Yeah. Well, I mean, in, in that particular episode, they do specifically say that the record, I mean, I think the Sierra sounds were recorded on various occasions, but I guess yes. the, the main ep- episode when it was recorded in, at least according to Leonard Nimoy's narration in that episode, he says October 21st, 1972 is the date it was recorded. So, okay. Okay. Um, but but again, that there's that there's that prominence. There's here here we have Le- Leonard Nimoy on a show <laughs> saying this this is when this happened. Sure, yeah, and <laughs> yeah. you know, uh, I'll take it. Um, <laughs> Who are you to doubt uh, him? But, well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> Spock. Why would we ever doubt the word of Spock? Yes. Um, but again, it, it's even then, it's it's we got to remember this is a TV show with producers and editors that probably have an angle of some point. Oh yeah. Like if if you watch that whole episode of In Search of, um, it's it's kind of interesting because it partly focuses on a group of Bigfoot investigators from the Bay Area. So there are some some locations and places that they talk about that mm-hmm. it's like, oh, I know where that is. Yeah. Oh, I've been there, which is kind of cool. Um, but at the same time, you you can hear in the narration there is a little bit of an angle. There is that, you know, um, they're trying to find it, but they probably won't. Mm. And I was yeah. like, hey, come on. don't 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 piss on their parade yeah (laughs) so um let's let's get this this next soundboard clip let's let's this this one that i've got marked is two across the creek this has got a little bit more narration and a little bit more vocalization in it there's two of them across the creek at the big rocks I love it how it's almost like they're mocking Bigfoot. Like, it's just like, I don't think I'd have the stones. To <laughs> yeah. Do that why would you do that? Yeah. <laughs> but it's so great that they did. I love it. It's uh, well, at the same point. It, 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 again, this is, this is one of those recordings where, and maybe, maybe I'm personifying. Like I, I, I fully admit that maybe I'm doing that, but it almost seems like, you know, Bigfoot has this reaction of like, you know, who, who is this guy? Yeah. You know, parroting back what i'm saying and again we have no idea what he's saying i mean yeah 
You know, it, it literally, you know, you, you get down to the very end of this this particular clip, and again, pareidolia. I'm 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 hearing I'm hearing Bigfoot saying WTF. <laughs> yeah, it's it's very interesting. It really sounds like that. And now maybe that's that same kind of thing where you're watching a ghost hunting show and they're like, oh, we've caught this EVP and they put text up on the screen. Yeah. Which then tricks your brain into hearing what you're reading. Right. But oh, at the know, same time, maybe Bigfoot is saying WTF because here are these guys like talking back to them. Yeah. I think it's really interesting because if you, I mean, if you take, if you, if you assume that these are Bigfoot recordings legit and Bigfoot is a, you know, an obscure form of hominid or whatever, you know, um, one of the things I find really interesting, there's a, a, a British historian named Michael Woods and he has, he does a lot of like television shows and stuff. Um, and he did a multi-part episode a couple years back about um, the history of India. It's called the story of India. Okay. And there's, there's this one segment that I just find it just, it always makes my jaw drop every time I see it. He talks about how in some Hindu temples, there are some, religious chants that have been passed down for generations for thousands of years. And there's some of them that are the most ancient that they're so old that nobody knows, not even the people who are chanting them, what the words mean anymore. Oh, um, interesting. And they, some just like um, students of language, like linguists have studied these chants and they feel that these are some of the earliest forms of human speech that still we know about, and I mean, there were things, because the thing is, it's, it doesn't follow the structure of human language. It more mimics um, bird songs. Uh, the implication being that hmm. that when humans were first, before humans had, you know, were able to write and write words before, you know, writing was invented or anything like that. When we were first starting to, as a species, communicate vocally, um, we kind of modeled it after what we were hearing from birds, basically, you know? And I kind of hear that kind of, and it's not that I think that these sounds sound like birds, but it, 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 it has this weird, like it, like it, it's trying to be language or, I mean, I'm sure it, 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 it might be its own language, but to me, it sounds like it's, it's trying to be human language, you know, from my point of view, from my perspective, from my, from yeah, my that, prejudice or whatever. Well, no, no, no. I get what you're saying. I feel like yeah. we also kind speaking of the, the bird noises, we kind of hear that mm. in, in some of it. At least that's what yeah. I kind of took away from it at some point. And, and you know what? And I didn't um, because we only have so many spaces on the soundboard. There actually is um, some Sierra sounds in there that do involve whistling. Yes. Oh, really? Yes. yes. Okay. Yeah. So it's it's interesting you bring that up. And I, I obviously now I regret not having that clip. Um, but we only had so much space. Um, so, yeah, that's, yeah, that's that's interesting that we would – take from birds and then possibly Bigfoot from observing us would yeah. try to take from, from us. Huh? Interesting. Yeah, that, that is interesting. And, but then that, that makes me wonder, you know, and, and maybe it really doesn't matter. Um, but if um, Bigfoot is the type of creature who is able to like phase into our reality from elsewhere on the super spectrum, mm-hmm. um, you know, would that lend more credence, less credence? Would it make no difference as to why they're trying to, um, you know, taking Seb's point, uh, mimic our language? Um, or, or is it is it their own language, and I, maybe they just speak at a different 
at, at a different frequency. Like one thing I wanted to do and I just didn't have time to do was throw these sounds into audacity and like right. slow them down. Yeah. Playing backwards. Yeah, for sure. I would love well, back I, masking. I, I would, I would I would leave the back masking to John because he's a big fan of back masking. Oh man, oh, I didn't even think it. about that. Yeah, you know. <laughs> I mean, uh, I, I, I mean, Taylor. I don't know if I mean maybe it's premature, but I mean, there's one clip especially that. <clears throat> excuse me. I found the scariest sound of all. I, I was just thinking of playing this one because so far, you know, here have been these. Um, I, again, I wasn't there. You know, yeah. I would probably been much more tense than these guys sound and maybe it was a tense uh uh situation um but make no mistake if i had been in a dark dark forest at you know two in the morning or whatever um and heard our uh fifth soundboard clip i i probably would have cried and screamed and ran out of the forest (laughs) i i won't lie Does someone say that's not right? That's that's the money shot. That's the money shot. <laughs> that's, that's not right. That's straight out of the exorcist, guys. I'm well, serious. That, oh, or or that, they that just very last part. They may they may have just uh stumbled upon old Charlie Manson out in the woods. Uh I don't know if you guys have ever seen that one of his uh, parole videos when he's doing all the funny faces and looking like a complete goof. Oh, you know what? I think I have seen that actually. Yes. I didn't think about that. <laughs> I just oh, thought man. about that. This is, yeah. I mean, this is creepy. Like it's, it's made my hair stand on end just listening to it. Yeah. Especially that last part where it gets growly and it's like, I just imagine like these loose jowls. Just yeah. A lot of, a lot of, lab- a lot of labials going on in that. Yeah. That sound. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For sure. There's, there we go. Lots of labials. Thanks. Thanks, Seb. Um, but yeah, that is that is terrifying. And and it I can't quite tell if it is just one creature or multiple creatures because we get this kind of higher pitched, almost hyena-esque sound. And then we've got this deep, you know, like alpha male. Yeah, you know, growly, gravelly kind of voice, and there are times where I'm like, "Oh, this is this is one creature making all these sounds," 
And then I'm like, no, this has got to be at least two. And I'm just not sure. Well, there's two across the creek. So they at least think there there are two. There could be a third. I would not be surprised. Well, and I'm, and I'm not sure if this Snarls clip comes from that same stretch of... Oh, right, right. Or not. This may have been recorded at a different time. Um, but it, it, this is a great example of just the uh dynamics of the vocal range of of literally its voice box yeah because uh, it's it's like seriously folks pause listening right now go and listen to bear sounds and mountain lion sounds and boar sounds and whatever else you can think that would be native uh to the sierra nevadas you're i don't think you're gonna find anything that sounds like that no absolutely not um and it's insane. I mean, honestly. Now, speaking of hairy creatures, do you think it's okay if we could start talking about another hairy creature by the name of Jonathan Frakes? Wow. <laughs> that, Nailed that it. That might be the segue of the month. Nailed it. Because I got to tell you guys, I, I can't lie to you. I can't lie to our listeners out there, our dear listeners. Um, when we first started talking about tonight's episode topic, I, w- I thought, this is great. I love Bigfoot. I love the fact that we're going to have a lot of audio for, for the tonight's episode, Sierra sounds sound exciting. And then I found out about the CD. Then I found yep. out that in 1996, Moorhead released the Sierra sounds embedded within a larger narration to give it context on a CD narrated by Star Trek's own Jonathan Frakes, Commander Riker from Star Trek The Next Generation. Now, now and, Seb, Seb yeah. hold on, remind yeah. me, uh, if I'm not mistaken, if, if listeners wanted to and they wanted to have their own physical copy... I believe they can still go to Ron Moorhead's website and we will oh, have yeah. to it in the show notes. Amazing. And they can buy yep. CD or get it as a digital download. Right. Um, and I got to tell you this, this CD, when I heard it, when I listened to it, my interest in the Sierra sounds jumped about 10,000%. You guys <laughs> had a similar reaction. Um, I mean, because personally, first of all, just off the, off the bat, I love the fact that Frakes took a page out of Leonard Nimoy's playbook and decided to do paranormal TV shows and whatnot after Star Trek. You know, of course, Nimoy did In Search Of. Mm -hmm. Frakes did things like, you know, he hosted different TV specials like Alien Autopsy Show, uh, things like like that. UFO Lost or or UFO's Best Footage. Best Footage. Yeah. Exactly. Um, And... This CD is right up in that wheelhouse, I think. Right you know, in spot. and not even to mention that Zachary Quinto, who played Spock in the uh, Star Trek reboot, right. went on to do the reboot of In Search Of. Right, exactly. So we so clearly he- have a connection there. Yeah, totally. You know, um, what do you guys think? Do you guys do you guys want to unleash the opening <laughs> minute and a half or so of this God, yes. CD on the masses because it. It sounds like it should have come from 1986, not 1996. Yeah. Um, I'm going to play it, and I will try not to uh, talk over it. I can't make <laughs> any luck. promises because it is, uh, it's great stuff. But here we go. It really is something else. The following story is true. The unusual vocalizations you are about to hear were tape-recorded by a news reporter in the high Sierras of California. The sounds are human-like, but very powerful compared to the human voices with which they interact. 
This is because they are dynamic and almost operatic in projection and delivery. Scientists say these remarkable vocalizations indeed are those of a very large human-like primate order. Enjoy them with us as we share a rare and unique listening experience. This week's episode of the Sierra Sounds is brought to you by Frankie's Italian Diner. If you and your sweethearts want to come down, studio audience, fifty percent off appetizers for you and yours. He's so fucking small. (laughs) It's so romantic. I mean, I just have this image of like Bigfoot playing a sax or something. Yes, guys. You hold on, hold on. Have you guys seen Sax Squatch on Facebook? No. no, there is a dude who will dress up in oh. a Bigfoot costume, go out in the woods and like play popular songs <laughs> on saxophone. He actually did something with um, Hall of Hollow Notes recently. No, I am not. I am not. <laughs> that I is brilliant. You. This is, oh. this is, yeah, this is uh, something else, man. Sax Squatch uh-huh. is real. That's some Kenny G shit. I love it. I love it's that. Amazing. I want to live inside the CD. <laughs> it's just, it's love it. It's funny. It's romantic. It's everything I want. Welcome to the part of the show where we've gone off the rails. Yep. Uh, oh, but but it is. It really like like this is no joke. I this is like you know red wine and cheap white candles. Oh, and so good. This. This is some sexy, sexy Squatch time. It's so sexy. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Absolutely. I mean, uh, you know, I mean, there there are details in the CD that, I mean, I presume that if you read some of the books that have been written, you know, about the Sierra Sounds maybe are included. But, I mean, for one thing, one thing that kind of like broke my heart a little bit was, according to Riker, uh, um, the entire was devoured by Sasquatch. <laughs> right, yeah. Moorhead and Barry got turned on to the Sierra Sounds by um, a real famous Bigfoot researcher in the Northwest called Peter Byrne. Um, and and that my that my my heart kind of broke for, broke when I heard that a little bit because like Byrne actually has had some like problems in terms of like you know being convicted in federal court for like fraud charges and stuff like that. So it kind of was like, ooh, it's like I'm not sure if that's a guy that's like a hundred percent you can trust what he says because he's like well let's for fraud. So I, it's like, I, Seb, I read the article. I read the article that you put in the show notes, and I think we need to make it clear to the audience that that the fraud charges were not in any way related to Bigfoot. Okay, they were like bank fraud. I'll grant you that, but it's still you know that. But you know, don't let that dissuade you, (laughs) your listener, from going out and searching for the CD because it's just amazing. Um, It it really it's it's something else, Um, but. Oh my gosh, John! Do you want to play that one more time, and then you can do your your no. little opening monologue over it? Because if you want to, I am very okay with. No, that. it's I got I got it in at the end. I got my it, I got it at the end there. So. Oh my god! Yeah, it's. <laughs> I just don't. I mean, what? I mean, the production meetings on this must have been amazing. Oh God! Sure. I would want I would want to interview Ron Moorhead just about that, and I have listened oh, to yeah. a lot of podcasts and a lot of interviews. 
with Moorhead. And he, I mean, he really sounds like a nice guy, very spiritual guy, um, you know, really, truly, truly believes um, in, in what, you know, the Sierra sounds have done for him and his life in uh-huh. terms of, you know, kind of researching the Bigfoot phenomena. Um, but I, yeah, I honestly, I would, I would, and he seems like he, you know, answers people's emails. So I don't get me tempted. I mean, like I might just be like, Hey, you know, we talked about this and, you know, one of the things that came up was this CD and it sounds amazing. And what was the, what it's was a the, choice for what sure. Was the thought behind let's do romantic piano saxophone and the dulcet tones of Jonathan Frakes. Um, we're, we're mostly curious about that now. I want to know. I want to know how much it cost to hire Frakes to do it, because it's like That's a great question. I mean, I'm getting all this stimulus money from the government. It's like I know he's not on like um, that cameo website, but it's like you know, if I wanted, I take it you've looked. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but if I wanted Riker to like narrate something with a sexy sax, it's like how much am I putting down for that? You yeah. know what I mean? God, maybe we should just get him to do the intro to our show. Oh my goodness! Oh my god! How amazing would that be? Oh. I loved the weird little detail where Riker was talking about how the the campsite where all of this was recorded. There's like these weird, creepy, like pictograms carved on trees that are like over a hundred years old and stuff. And you're they almost give the impression that like like old ancient shepherds out in the woods were hearing these sounds and were carving the Bigfoot pictures. And and then I was thinking it's like maybe it's the Bigfoot st- like writing on the trees themselves or something. You know, like I don't know. That was really I really loved like it. That really. I don't know. It really like sometimes this CD reminds me of there's an audiobook version of Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. This book I read at like the public mm-hmm. library. Yeah. I was like a cool kid in the 80s, you know, and it's like it's got all these like spooky details and stuff like that. I don't know. It could um, just be teenage Bigfoot graffiti, too. I mean, or it could be um, Bigfoot warning other Bigfoots. Hey, there's peoples here. Maybe there's like um, there's bits of the Sierra sound recordings where you can hear the the, the hunters that are in this camp calling out to the creature and calling him Biggie, like Bigfoot, you know, like a nickname. Yeah. But the first couple of times I heard it, it sounded like they were saying either Peggy or Piggy. And I would get like really confused. It's like, what is the Bigfoot named Peggy? It's like, what's going on here? <laughs> and it finally dawned on me. It's like, oh, Biggie. Okay. I gotcha. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, they named the, the Bigfoot in the Patterson Gimlin film Patty. So, yep. you know, Patty's got back, by the way. Oh yeah, she does. <laughs> she is she is one curvy, vivacious uh, uh, Bigfoot, and we'll we'll talk Patterson Gimlin another time, I'm sure. Yes. Um. So okay. So because of one of the clips that Seb wanted me to put on here tonight, um, I kind of fell into a Keelian rabbit hole Uh-oh. yesterday, um, and this is perfect because this this ties. Um, the, the whole kind of super spectrum thing with Keel, with Mothman prophecies, with Hellier, with Missing 411, with the Sierra Sounds. Um, so, uh, one, if you've seen Hellier, you're going to know what I'm talking about. If you're familiar with uh, John Keel, and I think he talks about this um, in the Mothman prophecies. I don't think it's Flying Saucer to the Center of Your Mind, although this evening I started doubting myself on that. Um, but there is this uh, point that Kiel brings up in all the cases that he's studied um, where sometimes the phenomena 
will disguise itself as either um, like the sound of a baby crying, mm-hmm. right? Um, and and in in stuff like Hellier, you hear stories about, oh yeah, you know, there's these stories about you know people hearing a baby crying up in this cave, right? And it's obviously it's supposed to draw people to that cave. Who knows what happens in that cave? Of course. Um, the other thing, strangely enough, Keel says, is the slamming of a car door. Um, random. I know. I, I I can't say why, but that's what he reports. Um, we see that manifested in Hellier as a couple times they hear the sound of somebody like arming a car alarm, which is kind of the modern day equivalent of like closing and locking your door. Yeah. Uh, we also get in that you know stories of people talking about the babies crying up in caves. So you get both of those. Um, in the 2019 documentary, Missing 411, The Hunted, which is free if you can deal with the ads on YouTube, um, David Polites interviews Ron Moorhead up at the site of the camp. Um, and the uh, camp actually was later destroyed by a forest fire. Thanks, California. Thanks, climate change. Um, but one of the things that he mentions is that, you know, one time when they were up at this camp and they were experiencing weirdness, he hears the sound of a car door slamming. Now, remember, you yeah. have to hike eight miles to get to this camp. The odds of yeah. a car, a car door or both being anywhere in the vicinity is incredibly slim. Um, so there's that weirdness. And then Seb's like, hey, go to this time queue and capture the sound of Jonathan Frakes hooting, which is entertaining, don't get me wrong. <laughs> but I decided to grab the entire clip around this hoot because, John, go ahead and play the soundboard. As with their Sierra brethren, both Lupu Oyes and Uleomi were rock giants who lived in caves and came out at night to make a crying noise. <laughs> like a baby to lure the Miwok women away from their fires. Oh! <laughs> giants living in caves, making the sound of crying babies to lure people away. Uh, did you send that to the uh, Hellier people? No, you know what? No, I didn't. I didn't think to do that, but I will probably email that. Can I just say this is the greatest synchronicity of my life because I love how you, Taylor, are finding within this clues to the phenomenon and i'm looking at it from a different perspective which is like you know frakes is this great actor and he says like the world's worst baby oppression i've ever heard it's like where what what kind of babies has he been in contact with it's like what's going on starfleet babies yeah apparently so jim henson's babies ah yes Uh, actually john john let's hear that again let's hear that hoot one more time (laughs) all right as with their Sierra brethren, both Lupu Oyes and Uleomi were rock giants who lived in caves and came out at night to make a crying noise, like a baby, to lure the Miwok women away from their fires. Yes, exactly like a baby. I've I've been around many babies and I understand exactly what a baby sounds like. I've raised two of them like that. Can that be the ringtone of my smartphone? Do you smartphone? Yes. Yeah. Yes. I can help you with that. <laughs> ooh, ooh, ooh. 
Oh, it's a text message. From what? Taylor. What an amazingly like everyone's to be like. What in the world <laughs> is that text tone? And we'll uh, it, we'll only know. Yeah, is so good. <laughs> e- either that, either that, or or we'll we'll make Seb's text message alert. Uh, Bigfoot uh, saying WTF. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd uh, be great. <laughs> oh man, that's if we get to the end of this episode and Seb can still breathe. Yes, I know. Ooh. Oh man. Um. Now I. I, I realize we're we're having a laugh at this, um, but I, I, I think if you can't have a little bit of fun with the phenomena, um, then then you're not coming at it from the right angle. Um, because this is weird. This is strange. You know, sometimes there's a you know, it's funny I say it this way, but there's a Calvin and Hobbes cartoon where Calvin is ruminating on why why do we laugh at absurdity? Like why how did that develop? And Calvin's, res- or I'm sorry, Hobbes's response is that, you know, we developed it because otherwise we wouldn't be able to kind of cope with much of life. Yeah. And, you know, that that's perfect. You know, here is this very large creature. We don't know quite what it is. We don't know quite where it comes from. Um, so, yeah, on some level, we kind of have to laugh at it because otherwise, you know, the only other reaction is a little terrifying. You know, I'm going to play devil's advocate. Um, no disrespect to the phenomenon. I think that the ultimate mystery of the Bigfoot has a pretty simple solution. What's I think that? Big, I think Bigfoot is a, was a sentient hominid. And I think probably within the past couple of decades, due to climate change, the species has gone extinct. And now what we're seeing are uh, their spirits, their ghosts. And that's why they can. Ooh, that, that, that's, that's an interesting approach. That's that's what I'm going to stick with tonight. That's my bet, my my two dollar bet. All right, all right. That's okay, okay. I'll see that for two bucks. Um, well, before uh, we let number one get back to the bridge, um, and Seb, I love how you just keep calling him Riker instead of John Frakes. <laughs> He's Riker. Sorry. I'm, okay, that's fair. You know, it, it, he really didn't come into his own until the second season when he grew the beard. Let's be honest. Amen. Um, but we have one. One more clip, and this said this was one that you pointed out. And as soon as I heard it, I went, "Okay, this sounds. This almost sounds like something out of like, <clears throat> I don't know, something after dark, um, just with the saxophone background and the the narration taking out of context." So let's get our last clip in. All right. Aside from the mice and the sound of the others' heavy breathing. Why was everything out there so damnably still? The creature's voices conjured visions in his head. They were real enough. But what had made them, really? With the dawn, he could try to find out. The visions in his head. It sounds like a film noir, you know? It's like like he's a hard... He's like a hard-boiled detective, and there's yeah. like a narrator or something. It's like a black and white film or something. She can't. She, I can't even do it. It's basically, like the Bigfoots come out and they're all like sexy ladies. Yeah, totally. What's a dame like you doing out here in a forest like this? Oh, it's so good. Oh, God, Bigfoot so good. came walking in like a tall drink of hair. <laughs> oh. Amazing. This is just I've been busy polishing in my gun. <laughs> amazing oh my god yeah it it really folks i mean support support 
your 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 independent Bigfoot researchers and and go purchase this CD and then torture your friends with it <laughs> um, or delight them because if they're weird like you, they're gonna love it. Um, Pay as much money as you can, buy as many copies as you can <laughs> afford, so that more will be made like this in the future. Thank you. If this makes a perfect Secret Santa gift, oh my god! Um, you know, give the gift of Jonathan Frakes this Easter. Um, now, okay. I, I think just kind of wrapping up this uh, this part of things, the 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 most recent season of Expedition Bigfoot, um, which just had its last episode uh, uh, last weekend, um, and, and they they do find some pretty compelling stuff, and and they're they're getting a lot of stuff where it's like, oh, here's this really big heat signature, um, and it's kind of behind a tree, and now it's disappeared. Interesting. Uh, and yeah, now obviously, you know, I've been saying all night and I will probably be saying this a bit more into our next episode, but I'm not going to tease that just yet. Um, you know, TV shows kind of have their own agenda. They, they, they are trying to entertain. Um, you know, I've certainly seen a fair number of shows where um, you can tell that the people who are editing it are going, you know what? No one's going to notice if I just reuse this bit of footage of, you know, these guys pulling up this car again, you know? Um, but trust me, some of us notice me included. <laughs> um, so there's of, of all the Bigfoot shows that I've seen, I feel like the people behind expedition Bigfoot, I mean, are, are really, you know, genuinely interested in this phenomena. Right. Um, you know, they, I think they've found more compelling stuff than however many seasons of Finding Bigfoot did. Um, but there are times where I'm sitting here watching this show and, um, you know, I mean, maybe it's all these years of doing podcasting, John. I just come to things with a more critical eye. Could be. Um, and so there is this, you know, heat signature hiding behind a tree. Of course, it's the middle of the night. So you, you know, you couldn't see it with your, your regular eyes. And like, just before they like cut to a commercial, I think what they were trying to show is that it's kind of like going behind the tree mm-hmm. um, as if it were to disappear, but there's just not even a second where whatever it is actually starts going up the tree as well. Ooh. Now my instinct, because they don't come back and they don't talk about that. They don't talk about the fact that whatever it is goes up and they don't show more of that footage. So my gut, and I don't know this for sure. I wasn't there. I'm not these researchers. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, is that it may well have been a small bear that was like, Could there's be. people around. I'm freaking out. I'm going to climb a tree. Right. And so you've got the seat signature, it's a bear and it knows there's a person coming closer because one of the researchers is starting to approach that general area. And so it goes, well, I'm getting out of here and it goes up the tree, but obviously they cut the footage and go, Oh, it went behind the tree and disappeared. Mm, Again, I don't know, but being a critical watcher, um, even though, yes, I believe in Bigfoot, I have to go, okay, what else could this be? You know, and that's, that's what, what I think we have to do as people who study the phenomena and are interested in the phenomena is we, we do have to go, okay, what else could this be? Instead of just going, oh, it's definitely this. 
Interesting Bigfoot uh, footnote. Big footnote, I guess. <laughs> nice. I like that. Uh, for a brief for a brief time in the 1980s, our one of our favorite places on Earth, the San Cruz Beach Boardwalk, had a Bigfoot themed mascot called the Abominable Abominable Sun Man. What? What? Which was basically a guy in a Bigfoot costume with a Hawaiian T-shirt and sunglasses. Oh my heavens! How do I not remember this? Oh, I don't know either. But it's all there's like. YouTube commercials, old commercials for the boardwalk where he's like in it and stuff, and it blows my mind. It sounds that sounds familiar. I will have to look that up. Um, Mm -hmm. Not only that, but in the Santa Cruz Mountains themselves, in the town of Felton, um, there is the Bigfoot Discovery Museum. That's right. That's right. I've 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 been there once, and when the pandemic is in a let me rephrase that when we are in a better position with respect to the pandemic, I want to take um, my kids there um, just, just to explore. Yeah. Um, we went camping up at uh, uh, big basin state park, which has sadly is now destroyed by wildfire, but you walk through their gift shop and they've got a lot of Bigfoot themed stuff. I wrote an, a friend of mine had a, uh, a publication that I wrote an article for years ago. And the, my article was just about how that little geographic pocket is sort of like a paranormal hotspot. I mean, you've got the Bigfoot mm. Discovery Museum. You've got the uh, the, San, the mystery spot. You know, mm-hmm. um, there's the uh, well, there's that the Brookdale Lodge, which is supposedly haunted. It's really right. a neat place. Right. Mm. <clears throat> well, all I was trying to point out is that you know a lot of us are exposed to it. A lot of us get interested in these topics through watching stuff on TV. Yeah, And I, I think it just behooves us to, um, you know, if you watch it for entertainment and you're like, look, I'm just watching it to be entertained. I'm not really looking at this stuff to see. I'm not expecting to see proof. Okay, fine. That's fine. Watch it. Love it. You know, it's junk food TV if that's what you want. But there are lots of people who watch these shows and go, everything I'm seeing is real. Um, yeah. And that's, that's dangerous too. Well, you know, I mean, uh, it's... A- it's interesting that you call it junk food TV because for me, for my my money, I think that the 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 shows that Arthur C. Clarke hosted on the paranormal yes. are like light years ahead of the competition in terms of interest, believability. I mean, you think about in search of you got a host who's a kind of a B-list actor, you know, and then here you have Arthur C. Clarke, the guy who basically invented the communication satellite, like the father of most of modern society, essentially, like hosting yeah. a, a very similar show, and it's like Oh my gosh. Yeah. No, and that and that's a very good point. You know, you gotta you've got to look at your sources and you've yeah. got to kind of come at them, you know, if if you're going to look at them as, you know, I am hoping to find proof on this, you've just gotta come at it from understanding that, you know, anybody on commercial television is is going to have an angle they're trying to sell and they're right. trying to push. Honestly, if, if, you know, I love, I love, I love those shows, those types of shows, but honestly, if there was any of those shows that like, you know, um, the Oak Island mystery, for instance, I mean, if they actually had an episode where they like actually found a chest full of gold, like I'm convinced that, you know, six to 12 months before that show would ever air, it would be on CNN. It would be on, you know, BBC, the news of it being discovered. Oh yeah, absolutely. There's no Uh, way they'd be able to keep that a secret. Yeah, you know, it's like I'm sure if any of these shows ever actually found proof of whatever they're searching for, it would be big enough to be in the news cycle. Yeah, and I, they'd I, get big ratings when that that episode aired, right? And but I, I'll be honest, I mean, just the 
the the history of habitation that they are finding on Oak Island that people have never known about before is very fascinating. But this is this is not an Oak Island episode. No, no. So I'm not going to dive down. I'm not going to dive down that money pit right now as much though I could. Um, but all told, you know the Sierra sounds. Where do we stand on them, John? Um, I am inclined to believe that these are legit. I think maybe the snarls one sounds of different quality. Mm-hmm. It almost sounds like they're like. 50 feet away instead of there's no echo to it i feel like yeah there's not as much tape hiss either yeah not as much tape hiss there's a lot of echo in the in the other ones so i mean but i mean i i think i am of the mindset that it is legit whatever they caught on tape that night <laughs> fair what do you say seb i i'd have to say that the only thing i can conclusively believe is that it's not it's either a human pretending to be a Bigfoot or a Bigfoot. Like the only thing I can say is it's that is not a bear. That is not a X, Y, or Z. Yeah. It would be interesting if we found out the people that told them about this secluded area that no one, you know, it was a hunter's cabin, right? Oh yeah. That, that's a good point. Yeah. I've always been curious about like the hunters that are, some of them you can hear in some of these recordings who apparently have been interacting with these creatures supposedly for uh, some time before Moorhead and Barry show up. I've always been really curious about why they're so anonymous, you know, why it's all confidential, why the location of the campsite's top secret. That's always been a little interesting. You know? Well, I, I would imagine that the the location to the site is secret because you don't want everybody going there. Yeah. I guess maybe you know that would be that would might be my inclination, and and it may be privately owned land for all I know. I don't might be privately owned, yeah, or maybe they were hunting out of season, so it was like poaching kind of situation. I don't know. Yeah, no idea, yeah. no idea, honestly. Now, and and full disclosure uh, to anyone listening, as as much as I wanted to be able to sit down and read at least one of Ron Moorhead's books, um, this month has been kind of crazy. Um, and I've not been able to read any of his books. So I, I, I admit I come to the table uh, possibly lacking a bit more of that backstory that his books may provide. So I, I will put that out there. But that said, um, Seb, yes. why don't you take us deep down into the archives? What have you got Excellent. for us this month? Well, well, folks, we're going to be jo- uh, journeying north of the border into friendly Canada to British Columbia and the province newspaper of March 8th, 1907. And here we have an article, Wild Man's Story from Up Coast. Superstitious natives declare that hairy person they have seen digs clams. Oh, who doesn't dig clams? Oh, wow. A a monkey-like wild man who appears on the beach at night who howls in an unearthly fashion between intervals of exertion at clam digging has almost been the cause of depopulating an Indian village, according to reports by the officers of the steamship Capilano which reached port last night from the north. The Capilano, on her trip north, put into Bishop's Cove, where there is a small Indian settlement. As soon as the steamer appeared in sight, all of the inhabitants put off from the shore in canoes and clambered aboard the ship in a state of terror over what they called a monkey covered with long hair and standing about five feet high, which came out on the beach at night to dig clams and howl. The Indians say that they tried to shoot it but failed which further increased their superstitious fears. The officers of the vessel heard some animals howling along the shore that night, but are not prepared to swear that it was the voice of the midnight visitor 
who frightened the Indians. And um, I don't know. I really like this story. I mean, you know, you, it's pretty easy to find current and older newspaper articles about sightings of what could be a Bigfoot. Mm-hmm. But this was one of the few that I could find where it really emphasizes not only the sounds the Bigfoot makes, but how just scary they can be, which definitely kind of ties into how I felt listening to some of the Sierra sounds that we looked at tonight. Um, yeah, that's so, a, yeah, yeah, that's wow. a good one. Yeah. That definitely makes me so it, the, the <laughs> it depopularizing a town is it well, because they were stay afraid? Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, gotcha. this article, yeah, I think that's the idea that this creature, whatever it was, was so creepy, and especially the noises it made that the, the all of the inhabitants of this village they saw the ship and they're like, We're out of here, let's get on that boat and <laughs> away from here as much as we can. You know? That's Which, ma- amazing, it's terrifying. Yeah, oh, yeah, for sure, yeah, yeah. But I mean, I guess it eats clams, who knows? Interesting. So, I mean, well, you know, and that that's kind of funny because that's that's one of those things that I've thought about because you know you see people um, uh, talk about like you know oh you know Bigfoot can cloak or Bigfoot can uh, you know phase back into his own reality um, or whatever, but then at the same time they talk about oh well you know here's this game path where where deer travel and stuff so this is this is where Bigfoot would be getting his food like. Is he just coming to our dimension for a snack? <laughs> right. You know, oh, well, we, we follow down by the river because it's a great water source. So it's like, okay, so, like, I'm trying to reconcile the, like, you know, we're looking at this in terms of, you know, Bigfoot being both here all the time because he's got a feed. But then, oh, well, it's totally, you know, he can go back to his own dimension or whatever. And it's like, okay, well, how are we reconciling both of these? Well, I think the thing we need to do is go into the woods and not necessarily play the Sierra sounds and see if we would get a response, but play the smooth jazz saxophone. Oh, that's... and then see if we get the. They came rolling out the woods like a pack of I don't know. <laughs> that's yeah. We'll we'll bring in all the sexy Bigfoot babes. Yeah, um, with that, um, put some candles on <laughs> this little Italian tablecloth. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> Oh my gosh. You know what? That's you but 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 Seb, you make a good point when you say that. I, I think one of the things for anybody who wants to get more in touch with the phenomena is to not sit behind your desk, not sit in front of your TV, is to oh, yeah. get out there and engage yeah, with it. And, yeah. and, to, and to get out there. I I you know, you talk about the power of intention, right? That's an important thing too. You know, it's Moorhead and Barry, they're going out to that spot with the intention of hearing Bigfoot, recording Bigfoot. You know, you 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 see uh, in, you know, certain uh, uh, ghost hunting shows, they go into a space and they're like, you know, we want to talk with so-and-so or we're here because we want to do this. Um, intention is a big part of all of this. And I think we'll talk about that more in, in subsequent episodes. Um, so I encourage everyone as, as things are, there's a light at the end of our tunnel right now, uh, with the pandemic, you know, please get vaccinated. Um, and, and when we all have, you know, let's get out there, let's put out that intention of interacting with this, of, um, you know, whatever it is you're into Bigfoot or UFOs or ghosts or, or, or fairies or whatever, and, and go and interact. We've been cooped up for too long, you know? Let's let's go out there and let's make some weird uh, make some weird happen. Amen. Yep. Yeah, gentlemen. Anything else we got to talk about uh, 
before we close out the show? Uh, no, I don't. I don't Do we have anything, any, anything else to plug? Um, we'll have a links to a lot of the stuff that we've talked about in the show notes. Uh, so please head on over to notlg.com and uh, check that out. But that's it for this month. Thank you for joining us in this adventure into the weirdness that surrounds us every day. Um, doubly so if you are eight miles up into the wilderness. Uh, if you have an experience that you want to share with us, or if you have questions, feel free to email us at allnightgeeks at gmail.com. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at allnightgeeks. You can follow me at UFO. You can follow Seb at Clan McMuffin. And you can follow John at JP Thrice. That's right. Hey, subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, you know, whatever. Your friend with a tin can who's sending podcasts down to the other end of it. I don't know how that works. And be sure to rate and review us as well. I also don't know how that works on tin cans. <laughs> but just as importantly, share us with your friends. I didn't realize I was making a tin can reference until I said it. Whoa. Word of mouth goes a long way to spread the love around. And we would appreciate it if you tell at least one friend about the podcast. Um, we always want to give huge, huge thanks to the Ghoulies for letting us use Hot Rods from Outer Space yes. from their album Midnight in America as our intro and outro music. It's God, it's such a good album. They've got art bell samples they've got russian number station samples in it the, the music is amazing go give them a follow on social media and hit up uh the ghoulies denver.bandcamp.com to buy their music um we've got merch it has finally, happened it finally Ooh, happened i didn't cool. want to go for a third month being like yeah i haven't gotten around to it um that's up at and this is a different link now pay attention folks shop dot spreadshirt.com slash n-o-t-l-g that's right shirts buttons stickers not even maybe stickers i checked there are stickers bucket hats uh, bucket hats oh man you want to talk 90s <laughs> go get our logo on a bucket hat folks yeah um because hey spring is here it's getting sunny and warm out protect your neck um and your forehead and wear sunscreen and stay hydrated so go check that out. And also huge thanks to Kate, the steam powered mouse for doing the show's artwork. Yes. Absolutely. Obviously we are still in a pandemic, even though God willing and vaccine willing, we are almost through it. It's important to help out your local artists and local businesses. Please, please, please support them first. Uh, give them a shout out, throw them some money, do what you can. Uh, if you want to throw a few bones our way, you can always do that over at patreon.com slash N O T L G. And we greatly appreciate that. So that is it for this month have a lovely april everyone we will catch you next month and in the meantime so long as it's safe in your mask get out and find something weird good night night and remember you can find all of our merchandise over at shop.spreadshirt.com slash N-O-T-L-G. This has the been all story. Oh, yeah, he interrupted me. <laughs> 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 <laughs>